Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Okay, everyone. Again, this is Paul Stone, episode 75 of the Paul Stone Sports uh, podcast. Who would have uh, thought it? Uh, We've done over a year of these, and it's always hard to come up with a title. You know, I started out giving titles. So I'm continuing to give titles. Episode 75, appropriately titled 75 and Counting. And I've also started out, as many of you know, many of you have been with me since maybe episode one. I have committed to doing a podcast every week and through sickness and challenges and everything else that uh, confronts us in life from time to time. I have done a podcast 75 straight weeks, so hopefully there's been some value in it. At some point, we might recalibrate and uh, reconsider and kind of see what we're going to do. But uh, again, I appreciate people listening. I appreciate you spending uh, a small part of your week with me. And hopefully, again, I always try to give something of value. There is some repetition, but I try to dress it up a little bit different And some things really bear repeating. You know, you just want to keep hitting on those points that you believe to be very critical to successful long-term sports betting, which is kind of the theme of what we, hopefully, that's certainly my pursuit, and hopefully that's your pursuit as well. Going to start out, this is going to be kind of odds and ends, like we've done many weeks during the season. We're going to do a complimentary selection near the end. You have probably heard there was a better at an MGM property, I believe it was in the state of Colorado, and it was back in the spring uh, before the baseball season began, maybe in the month of March. But you've maybe heard this story. He bet $50 for the Astros specifically to beat the Phillies in the World Series at odds of 2,500 to 1. So $50 that the World Series would feature the Astros and the Phillies and that the Astros would win 25 to 1, $50. He stands to win $125,000 if the Astros indeed beat the Phillies. And I believe the World Series, it shows you how much. I mean, I'm college football. That's kind of what I do. I'm a one-trick pony Um not a one-trick pony, but college basketball is my other uh, cheap pursuit, as well as PGA golf. But certainly college football and college basketball are my two big sports. And the others I might bet a little bit, you know, kind of here and there, but mostly out of sight, out of mind. But I'm pretty sure the World Series starts in Houston on Friday. So hopefully I've got that right. I'll be watching college football and talking college football Friday night uh, on various uh, – 
uh, mediums and so forth, media outlets. But uh, in any event, guys got 50 bucks to win 125000 if the Astros beat the Phillies in the series. And according, I believe, to MGM, this didn't directly, this quote didn't directly come from the better, I don't believe, but in a story by David Payne Purdom, who's a tremendous writer who uh, covers the sports betting industry as well as anyone in the space, uh, quoted the property as relaying the better's position on his ticket, and his quote was, I'm not hedging. And man, I hate to hear that. Uh, you know, again, I say it often. I, I'm not a gambler. I, I want to be a winner. And when you got a ticket, part of the reason that people who do this on more of what I guess you'd call a professional level, when they buy futures, they dream of, of positions like this to lock in a profit. I mean, you've got, if you look at the series price, and I didn't look too many places, just a couple of books, but it looked like kind of consensus on the series was the Phillies plus 160. Man, I mean, you can just name your price. You know, this is how much I make if the Astros win the series, and and this is how much I make if the Phillies win the series. Um, And, you you know, you'd probably be able to get it all down um, at the same book, if you shopped around enough uh, at that at about that price, because there's probably somebody that's needing the Phillies, and they would they would gladly uh, probably take that bet. So if he's out there, if if I knew him a little bit better, I'd probably um, offer uh, some some assistance if he needed it, because I just hate to see. I don't know why he wouldn't, other than just you know he wants the the thrill of the ride, I guess. But man. When you're in a position to win that kind of money, you got to lock in a profit, and that's that's what we do as professionals. But you know, the bottom line is, hey, he's in that position. I'm not, so uh, that's that. So he's the one who's got the ticket, not me. So he's the one who gets to make the decision, and I uh, I wish him well. The Astros playing awfully well, but you never know when you get in that seven game series. I'm going to talk a little bit, and we've talked about this before on multiple occasions, but uh, I'm going to reiterate some points, going to bring up hopefully some new points, and going to deliver some points perhaps in a slightly different manner. But the importance of shopping, shopping for a number. First of all, we say it over and over and over, but man, you got to have multiple books. Whatever you can Uh, afford financially if that's part of the deal which it is in most cases whatever you can manage whatever's feasible in in your state or the states near which you reside but you got to have multiple books Uh, and more is better than than several and even more is better than than more so you know it's good I always say ideally you have at least five books that offer unique numbers four is not bad and three is really the minimum. You got to be able to not only shop numbers, but we don't talk about this much. But you also got to be sh- able to shop prices. Shopping the price in correlation with the associated point spread is equally as important in many cases, if not more important. You know, there, there's more to life. There's more to sports betting than just minus one ten. You know, there there's different shops, you know, on different days and some that full time or discount shops, you know, they lay you lay one oh eight, you know, all the time. Uh and, and sometimes, you know, you see 
especially when you get around key numbers, you'll see different uh, prices. You'll see minus 3 at, at minus 111 or minus 112, minus 114. In the NFL, you might even see up to minus one and a quarter. And that makes a difference. You know, uh, that's what it's about. No matter what some people are going to lead you to believe, you're not going to win all your bets. You're not going to win 60% of your bets. And to take it a step further, with decades of experience behind this opinion, I would offer to you that less than 3% of year-round bettors hit 53% against the spread, 52.38% being the percentage to the one-hundredths at 110 where you start hitting a profit. But I would bet, you know, I I would contend that that less than 3%, and it might even be less than 1%, hit 53% over a large sample size. You know, not all bettors, those, you know, and this is brought up to me sometimes. I'm mostly a flat better, but there's all kinds of ways to approach this exercise now. There's all kinds of different markets. There's always been money lines and things like that. But just to kind of take it a step further, we'll say less than 3% actually make money, bottom line, in any large sample, say, of 12 months or more. So this is a challenge. You're going to lose. And part of why I'm bringing this up is the fact that price shopping, you know, if you lose uh, a, let's say you bet $500 and, and you bet at minus 115, you you lose the bet, so you lose 575. If you would have had 110 somewhere, you would have lost uh, only 550. That's $25. And um, if you bet more, obviously the... Uh, the number would be higher, but that's significant over time. You were trying to accumulate all these small edges in your corner in your quest to become a long-term winning sports better, and certainly losing at a lesser rate when you do indeed inevitably lose is part of that process. Just looking over my notes here... uh, you know, and I'll say this too, part of part of what is, is difficult, and I've used this analogy before, but it's so difficult to win because everything has to be operating, I mean, really at peak efficiency. You, you know, as sports bettors, we have to, you know, flawlessly manage our bankroll. We have to intellectually control our emotions and we ultimately have to decide what to leave in and what to leave out when it comes to making our bets you know i've often compared being a successful or winning long-term sports better to operating a race car at 220 miles per hour around a track and guys and gals i'm not mechanical I'm not a car guy, so maybe I shouldn't be using this analogy. Uh, but humor me uh, and understand uh, the example if I happen to show my ignorance uh, in this analogy or comparison. But a race car, man, that to, to go with that speed and to complete the mission 
complete the 500 miles or the one time around the track or whatever you're trying to do, the tires have to be, you know, precisely inflated. The pistons have to be firing uh, in the utmost fashion, in perfect fashion. The sight lines, you know, have to be clear for the driver to navigate um, a winding course among a mass of vehicles at that uh, at that high speed and the aerodynamics you know have to be engineered at the highest level and if any one of those elements is lacking you know the entire machine breaks down um, and it's the same challenge for the sports better who aspires to be a long-term uh, winner you know I was seeing a tweet uh, this week, uh, earlier this week from Las Vegas, Chris, uh, a guy there in Las Vegas, many of you are familiar with, he stood the test of time, uh, one of the very best uh, at his craft. But he was essentially, you know, kind of underscoring or stressing the the fact that the life of a serious sports better, to, to get to that level, to be in that less than 3% or less than 2% or less than 1% or whatever it is, The life of a sports better is not glamorous. You know, it's not, and he didn't say all this. I'm I'm filling in. That was kind of his general point. I'm always careful when I'm quoting other persons, but he was basically talking about the work element. And and this is my uh, take on it. But, you know, it's not two martini lunches. It's not rounds of golf, you know, at a difficult, uh, different, rather, and a difficult, probably, you know, championship golf course uh, each week. You know, what it is, is it's 18, 17-hour days in front of a computer or in front of multiple computers. You know, you're reading and studying as you're trying to uncover, in many cases, at many times, the tiniest of edges. You know, you're mostly, you're mostly isolated. You do most of this uh, by yourself. You know, at times, there's very little socialization. You know, relationships at all level uh, can be difficult to to manage and and, and maintain, uh, quite frankly. So there's nothing really uh, glamorous about it. There's nothing really, uh, you know, it's not, uh, you know, two blondes on each shoulder. And, of course, I'm married, so I'm saying this just as an example. But it's not, uh, you know, fast cars, uh, beautiful women, and... uh, expensive meals and gold-plated golf clubs and bracelets and necklaces and and all that that you sometimes see associated with it. You know, it's hard work. And, and, you know, you got to look where other people don't look. I mean, you know, everybody knows Tennessee is good this year. Everybody knows the volunteers score a lot of points. You know, you got to go further than that. You know, you got to peel back the layers. You know, you got to you got to look in places where others have, have failed to explore. And then you have to have the talent and the skills to adjudicate, you know, whether what you've found, whether what you've uncovered is even worth anything in the handicapping process. So it's much like, uh, and again, I don't know much about science, medical science or any kind of science for that matter, but I, I'm going to compare it to a scientist now. And uh, I imagine people in the medical field do studies uh, 
where most of their work is testing something that turns out to be negative, that doesn't turn out to be the, the, the answer, the cure, the medicine, whatever the case might be. So that's what you do, much of what you do as a handicapper, if you're a successful handicapper. You research things, you investigate things, and most of those things don't prove to be true or prove to be useful or helpful. But if you're doing it at a high level, in my opinion, it's still part of the process, still a necessary part of the process. I'm going to do a quick plug here for Paul Stone Sports. Uh, I've been doing this a long time. Coming into 2022, in the seven seasons prior to this season, those seasons being 2015 through 2021, over almost 800 monitored selections as monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul Stone Sports hit 56% against the spread. Uh, That's both regular season and bowls. A large, large sample size. This year has not been up to that standard yet, but we did go six and three last week. Uh, had nine selections, went six and three. Uh, we'll have at least seven selections this week, probably more. And hope the last week was kind of a precursor of things to come the rest of the year. You never know when uh, the work's going to start going your way. You know, you get a lot of congratulations when you have a good week, but those of you out there who, who've been in this business a long time, and I certainly appreciate it, but at the same time, you're doing the work every week at the same level, and, and you're just de- dealing with with numbers and percentages, and you hope over as the sample size gets longer, uh, you hope that the results hold true to the form um, that you have uh, achieved over a larger period of time. So that is certainly uh, my hope in this case. But uh, Paul Stone Sports, again, I've got a regular season prorated package on my site, which is paulstonesports.org. You can also get one month of selections. So I have a monthly package. And then if you just want to take a look around and be with us for a weekend, there's a weekend pass that gives you the single weekend selections uh, for that particular week. Again, if interested, paulstonesports.org. Going to look now at a uh, complimentary selection, and we're going to go to Syracuse, New York. Uh, Notre Dame travels to Syracuse uh, this week. Syracuse, you could find that line at minus three uh, in a few corners um, until in today, uh, as I speak. It's Wednesday, October 26th, 7.20 p.m. Central. Even earlier today, there were several shops that still had this game lined at three. Now you're mostly seeing Syracuse favored by two and two and a half. If you see some three out there, we're going to ask you to get it because we're going to back in this position the Notre Dame fighting Irish. I'll say, first of all, at this time of year, certainly a greater percentage of my handicapping process shifts to the spot you know, where I consider the scheduling dynamics uh, and how each team got to this point and and what lies ahead for both teams. And make no mistake about it, Syracuse is a good football team. But it's top 30 good, top 35 good. It's not 16th in the nation good. And that's where they're currently ranked are the Orange in both major polls, the AP and the coaches poll. 
Syracuse currently ranked number 16, uh, number 16 in the nation. Many of you watched the game last week. Uh, Syracuse coming off a high-energy, highly anticipated contest at Clemson. Uh, it was a clash of unbeatens. Uh, the Orange lost the game outright 27-21, but they were in the game the whole way, uh, and they obviously got the money as a 13 or 13-and-a-half-point underdog, uh, depending on where you uh, made your bet. But the final outcome of that Syracuse-Clemson game, although Clemson you know, contributed to it with their miscues, the final outcome was certainly at least somewhat misleading. About six minutes, five, six minutes into the second quarter, Clemson, the game's tied at seven at that point, I believe. Clemson's knocking on the doorstep, and D.J. Uyangale, uh, who has had a turnover problem, fumbles the ball. Syracuse's Jihad Carter scoops it up, 90 yards the other way for a Syracuse touchdown. And in one instant, you thought Clemson's about to take the lead either by three or by seven. And now Syracuse leads 14-7, to again, six minutes into the second quarter. And the betting um, decision was pretty much decided, with Syracuse getting almost two full touchdowns, was pretty much decided at that point. That was one of four Clemson turnovers. Uh, the Orange finished plus three in the turnover category in that game, so had quite an advantage uh, over Clemson there. They were outgained, was Syracuse by, don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't think he'll be too far off to say they got outgained, did Syracuse by about 150 yards. Looking at the other sideline, you know, frankly, and admittedly, Notre Dame has been mostly unimpressive in year 2022. Uh, Marcus Freeman's first season as the Fighting Irish's head coach. Uh, they've lost to both Marshall and Stanford at home uh, as more than a two-touchdown favorite in both of those games. But the Irish, they're catching Syracuse at the perfect time, first of all, and equally as important, they're the underdog, not the favorite. Notre Dame since the beginning of the 2012 season, now 14-7 and against the spread as a betting underdog. Two of those covers were this season. They covered at Ohio State in the season opener. You might remember uh, Notre Dame actually led that game in Columbus at the half. And then they later uh, covered as a two-and-a-half-point underdog at North Carolina in Chapel Hill, actually winning that game. Syracuse is going to be up for this game, no question about it. I'm not saying they won't. Notre Dame is still Notre Dame. But I just sense a slight Clemson hangover here for Syracuse. It's going to be tough for them to reload from that game. Again, a very emotional game, a very hard-fought game, a game that they put a great deal of collective team psyche into. So three might come back around. You might make half of your bet at two or two and a half plus the points on Notre Dame and wait and see if it ticks back up to three for your other half. Or you can make it all, make your bet, uh, your entire bet at this point uh, on Notre Dame. But in any event, my recommendation this week on the complimentary selection, Notre Dame plus two and a half over Syracuse. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Hope you found something of use. Uh, we're getting to the last Saturday in October. Great time of year. Uh, getting towards the uh, the second half of the season. As we say often, 
uh, you know, once the season, we wait all year for it to come around. It finally gets here. And then once it starts, man, it just goes nonstop. Seems like it's going 200 miles an hour. So uh, enjoy the uh, weekend. We don't get but about 14, probably full weekends of college football each fall. So enjoy it. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Until next time, signing off once again, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions. 